Lord willing, you'll have the more time management version this service. So I have, I have just one caveat to that. And I, I can I attribute this pastor to the last service, kind of maybe going over just a tad. Um, served 25 years in the military, another 12 years with the federal government. I recently retired, and I'm still learning what that means to be not so, not not to be involved with the tyranny of the urgent all the time, to be so hard pressed with time and tasks and and all that. So, at any rate, we're gonna we're gonna stay on focus this morning. This is my lovely wife, Deborah, and Deborah's going to share a bit this morning. Um, we are with the Voice of the Martyrs. I would like to introduce some other representatives from the Voice of the Martyrs, Richard and Rochelle Anderson, if you'd stand up. They live actually closer to the area. They live in the Gates area, so you may be seeing more of them over the course of time. But with that said, I'm not going to belabor the point. We want to go right to a video clip of an upcoming movie that's going to be shown in or really throughout the United States and throughout the world. Uh, it'll be on March 5th. I'll get it, kind of get it out of the way, get the plug out of the way now. It'll be at the uh, Tinseltown, I think is the name of the, the movie theater. I think everybody kind of knows where that is. So um, March 5th, 7.30, you could actually go online right now, tortureforchrist.com, and you could purchase your tickets. And, and with that, we'll just uh, go right into the video clip, and then Deb's going to come up and, and share a few words. On February 29, 1948, a pastor was kidnapped from the streets of Romania. He would disappear for 14 years and endure horrific torture for his refusal to renounce Christ. And in the midst of this suffering, he witnessed the incredible power of Christ's love. After being arrested, I spent the next three years in a solitary cell. It was enough to drive any man mad. The martyr Savonarola wrote, There are those who believe in God, and those who, just as sincerely, believe that they believe. Now I had to ask myself, did I believe in God? My wife Sabina had also been arrested. 
My son Mihai left orphan. Sabina will spend the next 18 months in a slave labor camp on the dam. Sabina! Sabina! In these my darkest hours, my only hope was in prayer. in prison, prayer was forbidden. In spite of the beatings, I prayed every day. I prayed God would give me strength to endure. And of course, I prayed for my family. so often and so brutally, I would never walk normally again. I'm sorry if a crocodile eats a man, but I cannot approach the crocodile. I had learned the same can be said of my torturers. Communism had stripped them of any form of humanity and only God's love could restore them. I hated the sin, but never the sinner. And some, we even won to Christ. So hallelujah, we don't pray to an imaginary God. 
So while I was thinking about us coming here to Living Word Church, I did a little search about what living means. And it means, one of the things living means, definition, is to, um, to act. It's an action. And um, this, this church is a church that, it's obvious, there's a lot of action going on in this church all the time. The missionaries you support, uh, it's a privilege to be here and see the body of Christ in the action. Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember those who are in bonds as those who are bound with them, and those who suffer adversity as though we ourselves um, are in the body. So we came here today to encourage you in how you can be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters that are in prison right now. VOM was founded by Richard Wormbrandt, and I encourage you to pick up the books on the table, Tortured for Christ. This is the original book that he wrote. Um, it's pretty heavy reading. It's, it's one of the necessary books, I think, when you become a believer. They're free. Everything is free on the table. So avail yourselves of the books. This is our monthly newsletter. If you sign up, it's free also, and it will um, keep you informed about what's going on, the persecution around the world, get you intricately involved with some of the people know about their lives and what's going on. We have a wealth of ways to get involved. My husband will speak about the prisoner alert. There's VOM medical. There's ways to adopt a front worker. There's VBS programs, Kids of Courage. There's just a wealth of information out there, and we hope that you will avail yourselves of the table and ways to take action. I'm not going to speak a lot because Pat's got a good message coming. But I want to just leave you with some words from Richard Wormbrand. Without fear, we sang in prisons 30 feet beneath the earth. Now, people would drive by these big, huge buildings, and they wouldn't know that the prisons were 30 feet below the ground. That's where he was. Nobody knew these Christians were 30 feet below the ground. And I have to think it might still be that way in some of these countries. We were terribly hungry, beaten, and tortured. The communists were good at torturing us. We would say to each other, the communists beat us very well. Let us do our work well. Let us sing well. Hence, they sang in the prisons, just like Paul. And a side note, if you ever got on YouTube and looked up Richard, you can see him preaching, and he is sitting in a chair because he could never really stand after that for any long, long periods of time. So get the book, and thank you for letting us be here. And my wife has good things to say, too. <laughs> so as I always learn something, actually. Not all the time, <laughs> but I did there. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes Monday through Friday. Um, one other thing about Pastor Warmbrand, and I'm going to really, this is going to be condensed here. I'm going to try to keep a little more eye on you, Pastor. <laughs> um, we're not going to get into all the things that you can do. We're just going to say, well, first of all, let me say this. When, when Pastor Warmbrand, this was during the height of the, the post, 
although it was the, the communist scare, if you will, was in our country at the time. And he actually had the opportunity to go before, can you imagine this? But he went before Congress, and there was this debate about, you know, our... Uh, there, were, there was a, a definite pro-faction of communism in our country that at that point in time, conceivably, I guess we could be, uh, there, there could have been a radical change in our country. But be that as it may, he went before Congress to tell what was going on behind the Iron Curtain. And, and they apparently there was enough skepticism there by the, the august members of Congress, or at least this subcommittee that he was a part of, that he was sharing with, that he took his shirt off. And when he took his shirt off, it bore all the scars that he that he had been that he had suffered when he was tortured, severe gash marks and so forth. Let alone what what they did to his feet. And we don't do that to just uh, for the sake of aggrandizement or anything like that. But persecution is real. We have brothers and sisters now who are suffering, suffering severely in many countries throughout the world. As far as getting involved, that's our really our charge to you this day. And I'm not going to share all that I shared in the first service. We'll just say this. Go online. Go to persecution.com. There's a tab right at the top. It says get involved. Get involved. If you're not already involved, get involved. There's a host of ways to do this. And, I, and I'm not going to go down through the whole list of those things through the service. But really... If, if you're truly interested in learning more, it is all there and then some. And so I won't belabor the point. As Deb said, and I think Pastor said, the resources are there. They're available for, for you. They're for you if you so choose to take them. Uh, especially the, uh, the special issues that they're actually not the newsletter, but it's a similar format if you do get our newsletter. We only normally give those out at conferences and speaking engagements like this. So even if you get the newsletter, you wouldn't have the special issue. So please pick up several of them if you know somebody that might be interested in them. So I'll just kind of leave it at that. I think I want to focus more um, in this second service, again, hopefully being a little more wiser uh, steward of time, is... To focus, again, on an area that really touches my heart, probably maybe more than others, I, and I don't know why that is. Well, I do know some probably why it is, because I, when I served in the military, I actually worked in the, in the military prison in Kansas. So for some odd reason, I've always had an interest in, in prisons, uh, prison life, prison guards, read things on Attica when all that was going on. So I suppose that has something to do with it. That kind of, I, I know what that life is behind the bars to see it from somebody working inside a prison, certainly. So we do have a program, uh, a way to get involved called Prisoner Alert. And you, you can sign up for the alerts. That's the whole intent. You go online, type in your email, and then the alerts will be sent out. Now, right now, we currently have 17 what we would consider frontline workers, pastors, evangelists, teachers. Not all. There's actually one woman on there who is neither of those, none of those. And I'll share a little bit about her. But it's very, very simple. You get the alert. Um, you can write a letter to the prisoner. 
Now, I, I say that to clarify, too, is do the prisoners get all these letters? Definitely not. But it does put pressure on the, the prison administration. It puts pressure on the country when they see these letters coming from all, literally all over the world that how, do they, how does anybody even know about this person? It'd be kind of like Richard Warmbrand, 30 feet underground. How would anybody even know he's there? And that's the case with a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, right now there are 17 prisoners listed on the... Um, and you can go ahead and start that loop. I guess I, I missed my mark on that. If you want to start that, that'd be fine. Basically, it's just going to run through um, the prisoners that are listed there now. And... Gives a, just a little bit of a snippet, what's, you know, why they were arrested and how long they've been there and maybe a, a little bit of other information. I didn't want to get too wordy on the slides, but you can kind of see um, these are the 17 frontline workers, pastors, evangelists, teachers, and others that we are currently, we have contact with. We know where they are um, and we can at least get letters to the prison. Some cases they do get the letters, but in most cases they don't. But it still it still serves its function, and there's other testimonies I could share about that. But uh, suffice it to say that these letters do do make an impact in their lives. Um, that being said, I want to just share briefly about one particular prisoner, sister, really. I don't call her prisoner, but she's our sister in Christ, Asia Bibi. If you're not familiar with the name, she's been in prison since 2009. Um, wife, mother of two children of her own, and three from her husband had three children brought into the marriage. So what they call a blended family. I guess you'd say that in our terminology today. And um, she's been in prison in Pakistan. And there's a uh, petition, an online petition that you can go on. The website Call for Mercy, it's on our display board out in the foyer. Real simple. Go on Call for Mercy, and you can sign this online petition. Right now, we're at a little over 700,000, 704,000 signature, online signatures. Our goal is a million so that we can send this petition to the, the Pakistani government and, and basically call for mercy, her immediate release. That's our goal. Again, a way you, that you can become involved. Now, with that said, I was talking with my brother Richard here earlier today. He said I could share this, so I'm not embarrassing him in any way. But Richard was recently uh, reading one of our newsletters, the August 2017 issue. And in it, he was reading the testimony of a sister in Christ. And at that moment of reading it, he, almost at the same point in time, while it's happening to her, what means, why can't it necessarily happen to me in, in a day's time, in 24 hours or less? And there really is nothing. There's really nothing that, that, that separates us from, we don't even refer to our brothers and sisters in Christ. We try to refrain from using this term persecuted church. We do it still have it on some of our literature, but really we are the church and our persecuted brothers and sisters are part of the church and it's all one church. It's not, they're the persecuted church 
and we're the unpersecuted church. But, you know, getting back to what Richard said, it really made me think. Uh, I, I was kind of struggling on, you know, this brief message I hope to get through in, this, in the second service here. Um, that what really, what says it can't happen? There really is nothing. And we don't know the future, and I'm certainly not going to get, you know, do something prophetic up here or anything like that. But um, suffice it to say, God, through in his word, has shown us how he's taught us through, in this case, through, the, um, through Peter, how we should respond if and when it occurs. And really, it's not necessarily, I have to set this down for a second if you don't mind. It's really not a matter of... Live godly in Christ Jesus. It's not a matter of if, as the government, you know, as the I worked in security in the government for a long time. They always talked about terrorist attacks. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Well, for Christians, regarding persecution, according to what it says, if we are living godly in Christ Jesus, it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And I'm not saying, let me just preface that. I'm not saying that we should be, you know, totally obnoxious and seek, seek out ways that somehow uh, in the office or in the workplace or where we're, where we're going to put ourselves in situations where you almost beg persecution, I guess. You know, that's, that's foolishness. There's no call for us to seek out persecution. But if we will be living, if we are living godly in Christ Jesus, as Timothy said, or, or excuse me, Paul said to Timothy, it will occur. I'm going to be reading this morning, and, and if you forgive me, I'm not flipping through the Bible. They're on my notes. New King James Version, except for one passage of Scripture from the Amplified. It's in 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 16. If you care to choose there, or you want to write down notes. I'm just going to read it quickly and then share a few thoughts. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or is a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him or her not be ashamed, but let him or her glorify God in this matter. Based on that passage, there are four things. And this is, this is simple. You know, this is simplified, obviously. This is not very uh, expository. But there are four things that we can glean from that little passage of Scripture. And I kind of call this, to me, this is like the bedmark passage for me to attempt to try to understand persecution. And then how do I respond to it? Or in this case, if, if the Lord so chooses to, to teach others how to respond to it. We should expect suffering. Rejoice in suffering evaluate our suffering, and entrust ourselves to God. Expect suffering. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It's not a strange thing. Not strange at all. Read that, or 
shared that scripture from Paul to Timothy. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Earlier on in this epistle, Peter said this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. A brother in ours in, at VOM, and I haven't spoken with him in a while, but one of his presentations, it always, it's just one of those takeaways you get from certain presentations. And he added in there, there is no testimony without a test. If we're going to have a testimony of any sort, of any value, that's going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to be a test. doesn't always mean that the test is persecution, mind you. could be tribulation, could be suffering of some other kind. But there will be a test. If the older you get, there's many tests. They keep, they keep on adding up until you get them, until you pass, hopefully. You keep going through the same one over and over again. I think some of you know what I'm talking about. Secondly, rejoice in suffering, verses 13 and 14. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. It's, it seems odd in a, to even think that we could go through persecution and suffering of the magnitude like our brothers and sisters in some, on these slides, but yet when, we, when you read the newsletters and you, and you hear their testimonies, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's miraculous, but evidently the fruit of the Spirit is, is very evident and powerful in their life because not to say that they want it to occur, but they joy, they rejoice in suffering and persecution. It's hard to even fathom. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2 states it this way. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Through the Spirit, joy. Joy in the midst of suffering, trial, persecution. Joy when things are going good, but joy. Joy, joy, joy. Next, we need to evaluate our suffering. Because not all suffering is for the cause of Christ, obviously. Sometimes, and I know I've done it in my own life, if we had several hours, maybe several days, I could tell you some, I could lay out some stories for you of suffering I've probably brought on in my life, you know, and maybe be lessons learned for others, but I'm not going to bore you with that stuff. But verses 15, verse 15 says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, and I catch this, or as a busybody in other people's matters. You know, that's pretty, pretty telling to me that, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, would put those four groups of people, if you will, in that one verse. Because if you look at the last part of it, busybody and other people's matters, lumped with a murderer, a thief, and an evildoer, doesn't seem logical. But here's the one verse that I did 
kind of extract from, well, I did extract it from the Amplified Version, and it's from, if you're taking notes, it's from 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 10b through 12. And, it's, and, and Paul says this to the Thessalonians church, but we urge you, brothers and sisters, that you excel in this matter. And the matter that he was ex- prompting them to excel in was, was loving each other, to love the brethren. That's what he was prompting them to do. Love them more and more, and to make it your ambition to live quietly, peacefully, to mind your own affairs, work with your hands just as you were directed, so that we will behave properly towards the outsiders, towards the people that don't believe, the unbelievers. We should do that for ourselves as well, but that's that's what Paul was saying there. We should exhibit good character, personal integrity, and moral courage for the outside world, and be dependent on no one and in need of nothing. And I don't want to go down a... a, a, I'll I'll leave that alone. I guess I better stay on track here. (laughs) But I'm just, I'm concerned as as a believer in the 21st century, I'm concerned with where we've gone with social media, and I'll kind of leave it at that, because... I could say in our own area, we've seen instances not necessarily with believers, and I'm not anti-Facebook, anti-Twitter, or any of that kind of stuff, but I've seen instances, especially amongst young people, I'm old enough to remember the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, words hurt. They hurt powerfully. And it's, it's just, I read a quote from the VP, former VP of Facebook the other day, and even he admitted that when talking about Facebook, he's, they're trying to refute his comments, but he said that what it's doing is it's destroying the social fabric of society, and here it's social media. So I'll leave it at that. Just be, I, I say that only to say, I think it, to put a 21st application, 21st century application to that is we need to be cautious on what we post or don't post and who reads it and who doesn't because we may fall into that category of being busybody in other people's matters. So if something comes back on us as far as suffering and so forth, well, that's not really persecution. That's kind of bringing it on. That's bringing it on ourselves. And lastly, entrust ourselves to God. Verse 16, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him or her not be ashamed, but let him or her glorify God in this matter. And um, the parallel scripture that, that seems to... Uh, tie in closely to this, at least in in my mind, is Second Timothy one verses eight through twelve. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner. This is obviously Paul. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But it's now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I suffer these things. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul. For this reason, I, Paul, suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. Amen. Last, lastly, I just want to share briefly 
Um, I won't share all of the testimony, and I only think there's one book left. So if somebody's really interested in it, they're going to have to get out the door quick. Um, Helen Berhane, um, and her sister knows very well. <laughs> her sister here is going to Uganda. Uh, Helen was uh, in prison for two years in Eritrea. Now, she isn't, it wasn't one of the slides that you would have seen go through there. Actually, the last slide before this slide, a sister in Christ called Twen ministered to Helen while Helen was in prison in, in Eritrea. And not only does she, if you read that, I think that's, that's powerful in itself. I could shut up right now, really, because what's, what's amazing with that, she has had numerous opportunities to get out of the country, and she has willingly chosen to go back to prison because that's where she believes God has called her to minister. At any rate, going on with Helen, I'm just going to share, she was a worship leader, gospel singer, imprisoned. Now, the prisons in Eritrea, uh, they're not 30 feet under like what Pastor Wormbrand experienced, but they're basically these Connex shipping containers. Pretty much anybody that's ever been in the military or done anything to do with shipping knows what I'm talking about. Um, they're just metal boxes. And that's how they imprisoned the, the people in Eritrea for the most part. They're extremely, for low, if you've ever been to the desert, any time, spent time in the desert, it's swelteringly hot at night or during the day, excuse me, and it can be equally cold at night. Uh, it's, it's brutal conditions because you, our bodies can't adapt that fast. So picture Helen in this container. And not only was Helen in a container, but during her first 10 months of imprisonment, she was forced, or probably, I'm sure it was by design, she was forced to be in a container with one other woman that was relatively sane, but with an insane woman. I mean, totally insane. She She literally for the most part, couldn't even sleep because the woman would come over, start, you know, pulling out her hair and gouging the eyes and just doing all kinds of horrendous things. So imagine enduring that for 10 months. So at any rate, Helen has been released. She was released, and she actually lives in Denmark now, as far as I know. But I want to share something in conclusion. I think I'm doing good, right? A little better this time, Pastor? I want to share this because I think this is worth the read. If you don't remember anything else, then if I can get through this. It's our sister in Christ. She's 47 now, I think. She was about 39 at the time. On one particular occasion, after a full day of being chained outside in the oppressive heat, Helen was handcuffed and thrown into an old rusty shipping container filled with holes. Later in the day, at night, she lay on the icy floor in her thin dress with no blanket. Soon Helen was shivering, uncontrollably shivering. Her whole body ached from the cold and the beatings because she, she basically they would just try to beat her into... Um, recanting her faith in Christ. That was the goal. Helen feared that she might die from the freezing temperatures, so she composed this song and sang it repeatedly to God throughout the night. 
I do not know what the melody of this song is, but I know the Lord does. Just read the words. I love you, talking to her Heavenly Father. I love you, that's why I draw myself closer to you. I know that it's worth following you. I'm not only ready for prison, but I trust you until death. Even in a closed space or in a pit, I will not surrender to evil spirits. Not even if I am bound or I am chained and I am suffering from cold. I will sing, and I am not going to tire of singing nor give up. My heart is burning with your love, and my heart declares I will never stop respecting you or lifting you up. I will sing again and again. I will sing a melody for you. My soul is pleased to sing for you. Amen. Amen. I hope that opened up your hearts just to see, you know, just scrolling through these that have, are imprisoned for Christ. I hope that just opens up your heart and that you're able to go on the website, be able to get the literature and be part of their newsletter and be able to pray. I mean, that, that's, that's what we're called to do and to join hands as the body of Christ and to pray um, because we, we are one. Um, please, please check out the table and, and all the literature and the books and stuff that, that you can take and, and know more of. And what we want to do is we want to take a special offering for the Voice of the Martyrs. And you can see the ministry and all the literature and material and, and Bibles that they give out and um, encouraging those and helping those uh, in the persecuted body. And so um, uh, if you're writing out a check, just make it out to um, Living Word, and we'll make sure that everything goes to that. You can also um, text to give. And uh, if you want to text to give, you can text to give 315-505-4040, 315-505-4040. And um, you can text to give and just in the memo, just put missions and the amount that you want to give to, and uh, we'll make sure that that the number's right up there. And we'll make sure that all that all goes to Voice of the Martyrs. So just put missions in your amount. And uh, that'll all go to Voice of the Martyrs. Really good. Wasn't that good today? I mean, I hope that really, I hope that really spoke to your hearts today. And uh, um, many times in America, we're, we just were oblivious to a lot that goes on. And I appreciate the ministry of the Voice of the Martyrs to bring that to light, to bring that to the forefront, so we never stop praying as the body of Christ. So I'm going to ask just to come forward at this time. We're going to pray and uh, thank you for your giving in advance, Lord. Just thank you for this day and. Lord, thank you for the Vanderbecks. Just obviously, this is something that's very uh, just heavy on their heart as they uh, represent the voice of the martyrs and as they travel to different churches and speaking about what they're doing. Thank you for their lives. Just bless them, Lord. And God, as we just look at the screen, just those that that have been imprisoned for you, God, Lord, we just, Lord, we're just so encouraged to look at their lives, God. And Lord, as we just stand with them, we pray for them that you would encourage them. Guide them and lead them. Be with their families, God. Help us never to forget. So we thank you for this time and just opening up our minds. We, we pray for the movie that's coming out, God, that that would, God, that that would be successful and that, um, Lord, the, 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 just the, what, what, what it represents, 
and the testimony that it represents, that, Lord, it would be used in a powerful way to draw people to you. We thank you, Lord, and we just love you, and we just pray pray for this offering now that you would use it and bless it, Lord, as we sow into the ministry of the voice of the martyrs. Thank you for what they're doing, God, and we just ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you in your giving.